Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield, and this is kind of this weird month of January that we have because, you know, we had a holiday at the end of last year and a holiday this week. Now we get a full week of trading next week and then a holiday. So it always makes for an interesting marketing time. We'll talk about just marketing, not only in the holiday season, but looking at some things that are happening globally. We know that weather continues to pop up as a concern for folks in Argentina. Uh, cattle movement, that has been a marketing and weather concern as well as finally the market is noticing that the cattle have had to deal with some definite cold weather and snowy weather in some spots as well. Lots coming up. Stick around. We've got more coming up on this week's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Well, welcome back once again. We welcome the guys from Trados. You can see them joining us on camera. Both Clint and Adam are joining us today. And gentlemen, it's, uh, as you heard me in the intro, January is just a weird month when it comes to trying to do any sort of marketing. Um, what type of conversations are you having with your clients when it comes to shortened holiday weeks twice in a month and then kind of just getting into the whole new year once again? I think that shows that market volatility we had at the end of December playing on Argentina weather, uh, still talking to guys about basis values, relatively strong. Um, some deals pop up here and there. So guys just need to make sure they take advantage of that and looking forward just how that weather is really going to affect things down South. The, I read one thing this week, how Argentina might lose 5 million metric ton, but Brazil could raise 20 to 25 more than last year because of a possible record crop. So have to take a step back and look at things in the big picture, what's really going on moving forward. And it is kind of a tough time of year. You know, it's a time of year where everybody's booking inputs and making business plans and, and it's not, there's not a lot of like, uh, it's just like a lull as far as like marketing uh, catalysts go and it's early and we got to, quite a bit of a different year versus the last year or two with the carryouts forecast would be pretty big, but the weather still probably isn't totally uh, figured out what it's going to do, but that's a, a good time to use some flexible positions and try to, if you're starting to lock stuff in as far as inputs go and create more fixed costs, more than variable costs, you probably need to create some more fixed revenues versus variable revenues in the same breath. And however that fits your risk, risk tolerance or, you know, farm portfolio management is probably an individualized question. And that's it's it's the time to have those questions and ask somebody like you guys just to kind of look over what maybe your marketing plans are and to have a plan in place, not knowing what this weather is going to do to those in South America and heck, even to us here in the Midwest. That's right. I think the dry land guys, especially, you know, irrigated, you can irrigate your way through a drought for the most part. Uh, Dry land, the spring price is going to be pretty important, but we're two months away from knowing what that is. And if you can put some pencil to paper and figure out what kind of revenue seem to make sense for you, you can easily protect those spring price values today as long as you have a plan of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so I think that'd be a, well worth a dry land guy's time is to 
figure out a rough multi-parallel level, um, figure out what their maximum multi-parallel level could be and what kind of revenue that allows them to protect and get with somebody and, and understand a flexible way of guaranteeing that spring price to be a number that seems workable for them. And then you wake up in March and see if it started raining or not yet. Fingers crossed, right? Right. Since we're talking weather, Clint, you kind of talked a little bit about what's going on in Argentina. And, and obviously we're hearing a lot of variable different numbers on the wheat harvests starting to wrap up for those in South America. Looking at this big picture of weather, how do you see that having an influence, advantage, disadvantage to us here in the States? Well, it could easily be both, just depending on how soon La Nina ends. The disadvantage is going to be if we look into the future and that does end and we go to La Nina, excuse me, El Nino, having more rain. We're already seeing that get pushed back a little in Argentina. But if you look at here in the U.S., we're getting these snows, the fronts hitting California, so if we have a few more bean acres and four or five million more acres of corn this upcoming year, there's at least potential to have more downside price risk and things going forward. Obviously, weather is going to be a big key factor going forward. Like Adam said, there's tools out there to get floors in place and be proactive. If you're buying your seed and fertilizer, those are some big input costs you're locking in. You can turn around and offset that to still lock in some good profit margins today. So do you think this concerns with the weather in Argentina might've been the big push that we saw on a Friday bean trade? I'd say that plus just some illiquidity in the market gives things a little extra boost at that time. So it kind of seems that way. What do you think, Adam? You know, we got some big ranges for the last eight months and the market moves any given day on just minutia. So it catches a little, catch a little fire. And last week there was probably some exiting that was a little premature or naive. And this week there's probably just rebalancing. Who knows? <laughs> Since we're, we're, we're talking this whole weather though, the dryness that we continue to see, especially for areas of Kansas, Northern Oklahoma, the wheat crop is something that we're not going to see come out of dormancy for a while yet, but I've been hearing some rumblings that we might see it come out of dormancy a little bit earlier knowing the way these weather fronts have been moving. Is there any marketing concerns that we might be short? We might not have the winter wheat crop we'd hoped because it is so extremely dry in those states. Uh, it seems like wheat has nine lives. So until we get to May or June, probably not a big concern. Uh, see if we actually get some moisture between now and then and revisit that at a later date. I think just in general, I think the U.S., and this is not going to be an extremely educated comment, but the U.S. is wheat production is minimal compared to the world mm -hmm. situation. So obviously domestically it'd be, it's usually more of a basis swinging thing than it is a board swinging thing probably, but definitely they've had some pretty decent rains in the South. It looks like in the last week or two, which is dramatically different than it has been for a year, but I imagine it's got a long ways to go. All right. Since you talked that global side of it, what about the concerns as we continue to see things aren't getting any better between Russia and Ukraine. It's hard to believe that we're coming up in almost a year. Um, since this whole started, how do you see that kind of be in the, the cloud over what we see within the market trade? Uh, I'd say like the coffee shop talk is they want to be use that to be bullish, but somehow that grain seems to be coming out of Russia and Ukraine or going to different countries and supply logistics always seem to work themselves out. And it seems like lately every week we 
come in and more grains coming out of there than everybody thought. So been a little bearish on the wheat market lately, which probably also pressuring the corn a little bit. Want to do a quick uh, switch gears and go over to the livestock side because we rewind to Wednesday and this cattle market was crazy. I even had one commodity broker make the comment about the, the champagne uh, bottles were popping for some as they saw some nice profits moving in. Didn't take long. We saw some negative numbers to wrap out the week, but kind of what's your feel of this cattle market? I think everybody's been bullish cattle uh, probably for a year and cattle be one of the few commodities you know, they've rallied as of late, but it, over the last year, be one of the few commodities that didn't appreciate pretty aggressively. Obviously, if you get a little moisture in the in the heavy cow-calf areas, a lot of those herds have been diminished uh, based on weather and just carrying capacity and cost of carry, probably. Um, so you'd think the cattle market for a physical animal should have a little fire at some point. And it's, you know, the, the feeder market, talking to a few guys over the last uh, few weeks, they're selling you know, record calf revenues today. And there's a pretty massive carry out there to new crop. So if you're selling record calf revenues today for the calves you have, you can also go out there forward next year and sell, beat your record from this year based on a board, you know, educated guess of what the board's representing a calf to be worth. So you could have two, if you just so happen to wake up and you have record calf values today, you can, Look forward and guarantee you're going to have record cap values again next year if you have a plan to manage it. Long term, especially when we came off of 2022 with the largest cow slaughter on record. As we look a year from now, do you have any concerns for this cattle market? Just a black swan event. I hope not. Yeah, I, hope I not. mean, the numbers look like it should stay strong and even keep working higher. Just like Adam said, just know your risk tolerance. And if these dollar values, values, there's lots of capital wrapped up in these cattle. So if you think you need to have floor under something to protect from that black swan event, probably not a bad idea. But otherwise, with weights and numbers down, it should be a positive two or three years in the cattle market. Do you think Chicago's finally caught on been moving through the last couple of weeks and the weights of these cattle? You know, the fat cattle markets, I'd say without looking at it, has marginally put in uh, new highs and the, and the values are elevated. Um, at the end of the day, in the fat cattle world, it comes down to what you pay for the feeder animal. So just because the fat cattle market is high, most guys don't vertically integrate their feed yards. So they got to go buy them somewhere. Um, so you're always managing a pretty tight, I'm going to say a buy-sell spread between what you're buying the feeders at versus what your production costs are to the sell side. So managing that is, you know, can be easy to do if you have a plan. It can get somewhat stressful and anxious if you are just hoping it goes up. Um, so we typically try to have a pretty good plan, whether we're bearish or bullish or not. You always got to assume a COVID $20 drop is going to happen. And are you in position to manage that? And then you just hope it doesn't happen from there. Very much so. Well, we talked a lot about a variety of different things, and I know you guys are very active on, on the social media standpoint, uh, sharing your thoughts on what's happening in the markets. Where are some places that folks can can find out what Tradeos is up to? Yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, our website, Go Tradeos. So uh, yeah, check those out, and you can click on the social media, media pages and 
see what's happening, try to do a good job of keeping some videos on the markets every day and what we got going on for trade boosts. Well, I appreciate both of you joining us today and got to remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.